0: girls did think it was weird um uh and were I, they like, jealous no okay. oh no because the, the guys i was hanging out with like <laughs> right
1: they were like they're like nerds <laughs> yeah
0: girl i was again i was working with what was
1: available <laughs> um <laughs> Welcome to Comedy Girl Crush Podcast. I'm Kate Siegel. I'm Nikki Urban. And our guest today is the incredible Jasper Lewis. But before we talk to Jasper, Kate oh my gosh oh. it's it's the first episode of 2022 it's episode number 50 the big five oh the big five oh i gotta say i'm super proud of what we did last year me too yeah i uh, just want to like sh- big shout out to you for like keeping this train going Aww. like for all of the amazing hard work you've done um well i couldn't do it without you obviously oh fiddle dd <laughs> <laughs> well uh, thank you I'm oh. super
2: proud of us yeah, yeah I think uh last year you know we p- we picked this up we were still mid-pandemic and we were like both kind of just like well I'm not really doing a lot yeah or I was anyway like I'm not doing a lot you were yeah. still doing a lot you had your online stuff you were still doing a lot of that yeah so I feel like I like plucked you from your busyness <laughs> and was like come back and do the podcast with me again
1: uh, well n- um yeah I don't know I it's interesting like last year the busyness as far as like what i was creating was like diminishing more and more. <laughs> yeah. Um so it was really like it was really great to have this uh this ongoing podcast last year because uh i feel like it kept me uh a little s- more sane than i think i would have been otherwise. Yeah. To have that like consistency of like mm-hmm. hey we're going to be, you know, talking with people and saying, you know, staying motivated even when, you know, TBH I did not feel like you know last year was pretty rough
2: yeah yeah
1: and honestly it like
2: gave me uh it gave me a sense of purpose in what felt like a pretty purposeless year
1: yes um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm getting emotional right yeah. now yeah I mean it really
2: like it was a rough I think for everybody is having a rough go of it. And this was just like, this is like a lifeline to grab onto. And it was so great getting back online and zoom at first and learning how to do this over zoom. And that was like, it's fun, creative challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then eventually getting to have our first guests in the studio. Like last year was, you know, looking back on it, it's like, wow, we did a lot. Yeah. We like created this studio as a network, you know, like this existed before, last year
1: it's kind of wild it is good to think about that because i think it's really easy to to look at a time when like you know maybe you aren't feeling at your personal best but like we didn't give up you know what i mean like yeah yeah. so that's i don't know that's something (laughs) Dude, i'm gonna let myself have that yeah (laughs) Yeah. right right and like accepting i don't know like i'm trying to accept that like you know it's okay and life has you know these uh, you know rhythms or whatever and even if it like ugh, it, you know it hurts or you're not feeling great that like you know things come around yeah some some news that i thought would be interesting to share because I, I you know you 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 don't want to just talk about the good things right like sometimes there are things that you don't feel super you know ooh yay about yeah. um and one of those is uh a couple days ago, I got a call from the producer of Pop Cultured who told me very kindly that they're going to be combining the host and judge and having Jimmy Pardo do both because he was our judge. And gotcha. So they're going to have Jimmy doing both because, you know, after seeing it on stage in the format that it's in, that it's evolved to, realizing that, OK, that's a lot of stuff going on on stage. And mm. essentially the host and the judge are doing a very similar thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like... A tiny little blow to the ego right where you're like oh but I know um I don't know I know that it's not really like really me like I feel like I I stepped up to the occasion the best that I could
0: yeah and you know
1: as a host um Nikki you are so
2: <laughs> talented and you are such a pleasant person to work with and you have just such a delightful energy about you and I just I
1: hate That you're going through this. I fucking hate it. I mean, it's part of the process. Like, you have to go... You know, it's not all going to be like sunshine and roses and like, but also, uh, it's an interesting thing. You know, I'm, I'm having like, I, you know, I lost my job last year. Right. And you're like, for a couple months there, it was like, cool, I'm making money off of acting stuff. And then it was like, oh, oh, okay. Well, that's, you know, unpredictable. So now Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, I'm also transitioning into finding a new, you know, like finding work that's just paying work. Right. Uh, so there's like an added layer, but, uh, I don't know. It's interesting. I had a conversation with our our friend Alan Jamil, uh, and he talked about how like acting is a privilege, right? It's not. A, it's not a right. You don't. You know, like. Uh- the actors who didn't come from, like, rich families, you know, like, they worked day jobs until they didn't have to anymore. Yeah, Acting, and I think he said it was, like, Donald Glover or something said that acting is a privilege, uh, and that really stuck with me about, like, all right, you got to take care of your home shit first, mm-hmm. like, you got to make sure, like, you can pay your bills first before you are, like, spending your energy being, you know, getting to do creative stuff, because... You know, otherwise you're gonna fucking cut your ear off and then you know, ki- like, kill yourself or you know, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I yeah, mean. Yeah, you're gonna Van go that shit for and sure. Then, like, you can't. You know, you have to find a balance. You have to take care of your home and your your you know hierarchy of needs or whatever. Totally. So, so that's where I'm at right now. Is I'm just like I'm just trying to survive at this moment. Uh, but I am excited because I feel like there's a lot of opportunity out there to yeah do stuff yeah and just yeah. to keep making stuff and doing stuff that you're proud of yeah so but you know <laughs> <laughs> well how exciting is this though um this is our 50th episode oh my gosh and we have just such an awesome guest Ah. Oh. The incredible amazing jasper lewis you know her from her viral tiktok videos she's also been a performer and uh and writer for ucb the pack you've seen her in a bunch of commercials jasper it's so good to have you here hi thank you so much for having me uh, thank you so much for being here Ooh, god, yes. right, <laughs> <laughs> right in the middle of the omicron surge oh, my. No. <laughs> oh no it is it is a pleasure we, we've been meaning to have you on for a while yeah. um, i think you've been on our list since we started a list oh so my god totally. Oh, my God, I'm honored. (laughs) And the list is life. No, I should not joke like that. (laughs) No, I was saying
0: earlier, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that you guys have... Made like so many podcast episodes that you have a running list. Anyway, I could barely make one. So yeah, yeah. There,
2: but I mean, it's just a testament to how many amazing women in comedy are out and working and making cool shit. Yeah, oh my God, a hundred percent. It's yes. a really great environment for women right now in comedy. Yeah. I mean, amongst us, I don't know how the men feel about it, but they can fuck themselves.
0: Right. <laughs> the, thing, okay, the the men are still working. Like yeah. it's crazy. I, like yes. they're still still totally working. Like I, and this is for actors and writers. Like I was looking at the breakdowns the other day and y- you can go back like I think like seven or eight years and the breakdowns from eight years ago like percentage wise it's still it's still about the same right. for men and for white people there's just more projects now yes. than ever mm. before yeah like that's what people aren't taking into consideration right. and so when they're just like oh nobody's hiring men anymore nobody's hiring white people anymore like it, no they are there's just more shit right that needs yeah. different people like totally, like, totally. Right. Yeah. yes
2: yeah we just had Jackie Cation on too and she was saying that the Hollywood Improv has like a, a company-wide policy of having like two headla- or it was like a comedy club had a policy of like having
1: two women on a month <gasps> Uh, but if you consider how many shows they would they have a, a, night, night? Yeah. a night and how yeah. many shows they have a month, and then you add all of that and you look at their uh, like. Yeah, it's like total. It's like 30 women
2: and uh, then like hundreds of men. Right. I'm aghast. Yes. Isn't that insane? I'm a gas, and they think that's like progress. They're like, dude, two, two two female oh headliners
1: a month. It's great here, right? Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh uh, my god. Yeah. It's a uh, it's a it's a wild world out there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think we are working to a place though where it'll just be like. Hopefully, it won't just be like two a month. Yeah, like, yeah, and that's yeah. That, that's going to be a thing of the past. What's crazy is this is better. Yeah, this is still better yeah. than what it was before. Right, it's way better. Yeah, oh, could right. you imagine what it was like being a comic like, um, like Phyllis Diller? Oh, oh, my god. God. oh my god, I love Phyllis Diller records. Yeah. I love them. Or like Joan Rivers, like coming up when she did that documentary they did about her, mm-hmm. where she kind of like talked about like how big and brassy she had to be just to like be a voice in a male-dominated world. Yeah. And now, like, I look at all the comics that we do have right now, and, like, being a soft-spoken woman comic is something that you couldn't have done, like, 15, Mm -hmm. 20, 30 years ago. Like, Morgan Murphy. I love Morgan Murphy. Like... And her whole thing is like she talks like this for like an hour, and like right. I'm just like, oh, thank God, like thank God we have more space now because we don't have to just have one of those. We can have yes. a bunch of yeah. soft spoken, funny women to choose from and, yeah. and stuff like that. I don't know.
1: You ain't wrong. You ain't wrong. That are like uh like you can also be a, a weirdo now. You can be a weirdo comic. Yeah. You can be a weirdo. You can yep. be a Maria Bamford. You can yeah. be exactly. a Sarah. You can be a Sarah Sherman and yes. get on SNL now. Oh my God. And that is insane to me when I
0: saw that Sarah Sherman was on SNL I was like I was equal parts like overjoyed and I don't even know her personally and like I'm I'm a very squeamish person and so like when she does like the visual part of her comedy like for me for me it's like personally like it's a lot but like I know that it's art when Mm -hmm. I watch it yeah when I saw her get on SNL I was just like Oh thank God. Yeah. 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 So Sarah Sarah Squirm is gonna be on us now. Yes. <laughs> I, was, I was so excited. Yeah.
2: I hope that it like marks a shift. A little bit, you know, like oh, and, yeah, I think it does. I right? hope so. I think it does. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. like I don't know when Elon Musk goes on, they will make fun of him.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully,
2: like I'm not expecting them to not bring Elon Musk on. You know, they're a national, right. of course. You know, of course they're going to bring him on, but like you know, like make him look like a
0: jackass. Yeah, make him <laughs> right. look like a jackass. And like you guys are smart, like you can absolutely make Elon Musk look like a jackass in a way that he doesn't that understand. He doesn't understand, dude. Yes. That, that guy's got to be so easy to
2: try Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) Come on. (laughs) True story. Yep. Uh, Uh. But anyway, you can also be a fucking weirdo comedian like Jasper Lewis. I love your TikToks.
1: Your videos right now are fucking crushing it. Yeah, you're very kind. Thank you. (laughs) No, it, it is it is genuinely so cool. Um, so I've known you right, like I think Kate and I have both known you now for I don't know I, Six years I've I don't been know. around yeah. you for, oh, I've I, known for like three I don't know We right. haven't a, known each other yeah. Terribly long Terribly too long right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I feel like I've known you Since you like came over To the pack Yeah and, like, Oh we're right doing God. stuff there um, Yeah 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 And like it's really cool To see um, Like you were you, uh, you were always like very um, Like on stage Doing live stuff You were like You know You're like a You're a star Like you're a star oh You're very God. You're oh somebody God. Who really stands out You're, you're a,
2: a multi hyphenate You can sing You can dance Yes you can
1: do all the things and then
0: um i get emotionally overwhelmed so easily i'm absolutely <laughs> gonna cry like people give me one compliment and i'm just like I'm good, I'm good. Validation. I've
1: needed it. My uh, yeah. we've got yeah.
2: tissues over there if you need you. Uh,
1: but i did want to say, like it's really cool then to see um to see you go on stage and see you be um so good there and then be able to translate that into um into, you know, this, this new way of doing comedy, right? Like you're, you're doing it on TikTok where it's, you know, it's a lot, it's closer. It's, um, I don't know how to dis, <laughs> dis, to describe it, but, uh, you have a really specific, uh, a really specific style and a specific way of editing that's really like really fun and cool oh, and thank like you. Yeah. I think a lot of people want to emulate, uh, including <laughs> myself. But then I'm like, no, it's Jasper's no, thing. No, like, please go ahead and do it. Like the reason that comedy even does
0: well on TikTok in the first place is a lot of the stuff that goes ultra viral, like if you want to get like millions of views on TikTok, you take this one idea that is like so ubiquitous within like the culture or like multiple cultures. Like everybody has an overbearing mom. Everybody has Mm. that that rich person stereotype who's like um like very like uh like, like waspy or like right. something that everybody can see they're like I know that person I identify with that person and then you just do like a supercut video of like funny things that that person would say that is like that's like
1: the sauce on tiktok oh. that
0: is like if you can master like the supercut video then like you can you can go viral and you don't even really have to master it you, you can be just okay at it, as long as people can see it and be like, "I know that. Like, I identify with that. Like that that is something that they that's like that's like a formula that will get you to virality at mm, some point." Yeah, mm. and I, I'm not terribly great at super cuts uh because <laughs> I, I i think of like maybe three funny things that a person would say and then i'm just like oh oh no i've run out <laughs> 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 and what i like to do is i like to, I, what i think i walk around my apartment and i kind of just like talk and i this is how i would like write my stand up too and as long as if i get to one thing that i say out loud that makes me laugh i'm just like write it down okay in a conversation how would i get to this point okay um and so like i think of a funny thing first and then just like what characters would best get to this funny thing that makes me laugh um in a way that would make sense and then i I make that into like a little like scene and uh you take both sides you edit them together and ideally you would make it like repeat back into itself so that it loops again which makes uh people watch it again Uh, oh yeah as long as they start the video over tiktok thinks that they're watching it multiple times you crush the loops too by the way your loops are like mind-blowing i i i I will accept that yes (laughs) because it's hard work
2: dude that's like not an easy thing to do you like you crush that oh you're very kind thank you it's really cool to listen to you talk about this too because you really just like broke down how you make a video in such like a clear like it's so
1: thoughtful yeah, it's, it is so beyond thoughtful oh thank you so impressive did, did you figure like did you kind of figure this stuff like out on your own just from watching or did you like read articles to like like how like your your process for figuring out like how to do it what's that like so it's, I, th- I think there's like two parts to that. So in
0: the beginning, when I started making videos, I really did try to copy the whole like jump cut format because I saw it working for people like, um, Kylie Brakeman and, um, Caitlin O'Reilly. I hope I'm, I, yeah, I think that's how you say your name. And like, um, and I was just like, this is like, this is crazy. Like these, these women are making these really funny things. And they, it, it's like, it, it, it looks like I could do it too. And then I wasn't, I just wasn't, Doing it as well, and I wasn't. There was something I was missing. I wasn't quite mm-hmm. figuring it out, or maybe I just like didn't see things the way that they saw things. And so I was like, okay, maybe I should just like take a more personal and different approach. um And then I, I probably had a few more months where I would just try to copy random people that I saw doing well. And I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't getting the spice, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I wasn't getting the spice that I wanted. And then, like, I think I stopped making videos for a while. And this is really how I found, like, my personal formula. Um, I started watching The Righteous Gemstones during pandemic. Oh, which is... um, Oh, it's coming out again, right? Coming out again this Sunday. Uh, Not being paid to say that, but you should watch it. It's amazing.
2: (laughs) I'm obsessed with it. And
0: your characters, like, so feel in that universe. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That means a lot to me. They really Um, do. So, like, I was like, well, I was like, I... I'm going to use this pandemic time to try to make stuff that is in the world of the shows that I want to be on. Um, And I'm, yeah. And I was like, and I have like, I was like, I think that would be a fun challenge. Like you have a minute to make this scene that would fit into this universe. And that was how I started it, Cause it wasn't like, I'm just going to make character videos. I was just like, I'm going to fuck around and I'm going to try to make like an unofficial, like righteous gemstone cinematic universe. Yeah. Because, yeah. I was like, I want to reach Sharon Bialy with my shit and I want to audition for this show. And I don't, I don't really have, as of right now, I don't really have a team that can like pitch me and get me into the rooms I want to be in. So if I'm going to be seen by these people, then
1: virality is probably the best way yeah. to do it if, if you can do it. Yeah, and you're you're proving that you can do it by the fact that you are doing it. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like, oh, you don't have to take a chance on me. You can already see I'm yeah. doing this I'm thing I'm capable of this. Yeah. 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 I would fit right in. Please, 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 just let me let
0: me play like Eddie Patterson's sister or something. Like, <laughs> oh my like God. long a long lost cousin. I, like. I stand this. I want you on that show so yes. badly. I, oh my God. Even <laughs> even to write for Eddie Patterson and Danny McBride would be a dream like I've I've been such a Danny McBride fan for a long time like because he's also just like he's like a weirdo and he just kind of just does that like one thing and he's just (laughs) and I'm just like but it's so just like weird and it's like random and I love I love seeing people that are just like bonkers wackadoo do well because then I'm just like oh I have hope because I am <laughs> also bonkers, wagadu. Like, yeah, I I'm
2: feel proud. the same way about Weird Al. I'm like, <gasps> yes, you know what I mean, I'm like, yes. oh my yes. man. People, people oh my will God. let you
1: do whatever, yes, and yes. they'll be into it. So I, like, I've already kind of gotten the sense out of you, but also now in this conversation, I'm really seeing like you are pretty business minded. Like, I don't know. What were you like growing up? What were you like as a kid? What was your family like? Where did you grow up? All oh, those Oh, wow, things. Yeah. <laughs> um, I grew up in Georgia.
0: Right. Um, I say Athens, Georgia, but really I kind of grew up in the sticks about 30 minutes outside of Athens. But I lived close enough to where I got that, like, cool college town, like, town kid kind of experience. Okay. Um, and I got, like, the rural, like, redneck southern aspect of it too so I kind of had the best of both worlds yeah um, in in respect to location and where I was Um, my family I mean I grew up in a dysfunctional home like most comics I had I had like an older sister and an older half-brother who was out of the house by the time I was like really old enough to be a person and so that relationship has been like like a little like crazy strained but it i think it's funny like when you when you really boil it down mm-hmm. um yeah you know <laughs> yes were they like were they around a lot when you were growing up or chris was in the navy by the time i was five. Oh, I think. yeah Dej. okay okay yeah, yeah, yeah so he yeah, yeah. he joined the navy a lot, a lot of military people in my
1: family i also have oh. a half brother named chris <gasps> oh my god What if it's the same one? I'm just kidding. (laughs) How old is he? Is he 46? Oh my god! Wait, really? Yeah.
0: Oh well, I, I, oh, no, he's not. I, no, he's not the same. I person. mean, he's like in. He's in that that he's approaching fifty. I know that. Yeah, I, I, it's it's un, it's it's unforgivable. Like how little I know my brother. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. How old he is. Well, he moved away when you yeah. were five. Yeah, he moved away yeah. when I was five. Yeah. Um, and then my sister's, like three years older than me, born three days apart. Um, yeah, I'm December twenty seventh. She's December thirtieth. Wow. Um, Do you guys like understand each other? No. Okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah, and my mom is like, um, my mom's from Texas. Uh, my dad, I'm th- think my dad like lived in Louisiana for a little bit, and then in Georgia. A very Southern family, right? Yeah. Um,
1: Did you get along with other kids? What were mm, you like? No. no? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. I I I would. i i I was i led a very rich fantasy life as a child okay yeah Mm. um you know you know when you're when you're a kid especially growing up in a dysfunctional home i feel like you do have a rich fantasy life you Mm -hmm. have you have those those things that you become really into um that you use as a means of escape so um as a child i was like a fangirl for like all kinds of different things like i was really into sonic the hedgehog yeah obsessed i learned to read on those comic books and like that's not exactly an interest that a lot of other girls um, share, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. So, uh, <laughs> so it, it was it was a little difficult for me to make friends. And whenever I did, I would I would have this like the one friend, and it would become obsessed with her. Um, mm. And I, w- I was just like, she is my best friend, and I'm g- going to know her, and I'm going to love her for the rest of our lives, and we're going to like grow old together, and we're going to tell each other secrets. And and it would become Aww. way too intense for them. Um, did not realize I was a bisexual woman until I was much older. <laughs> and that would have made way more sense <laughs> <laughs>
1: right? yeah because the, like <laughs> you're like oh I'm just attracted oh, to this oh, place and yeah. just queer um, um, yeah <laughs> but
0: like <laughs> and especially if they're not like of course it weirds them out because they're like this girl is psycho she is obsessed with me yeah because I was <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I feel like if I'd had like an adult or something to like explain that to me and be like you're actually not weird this is super normal I feel like my life would have been very different yeah just to kind of walk <laughs> you through your experiences
2: and those Yum. feelings yeah, yeah. totally yeah. Um, I feel in general like parents of the 80s just hung us out to dry. Like you figure it out.
0: 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But but, um, I had when I by the time I was like in high school, I think that's when I really started like developing a community of friends. Because like within my high school, I found like a group of weirdos. Um, I, I hate I hate saying this because I feel like it makes me sound like a total like pick me. I feel like that's a that's a term that's floating around right now is, mm-hmm. is pick me pick me, and which I which I actually hate by the way. I do everybody,
1: too. Everybody wants I, to be picked. I do <laughs> too.
2: I actually like. I understand like oh uh, you know we shouldn't you know throw women under the bus for the sake of male approval. That is a
1: general concept that I, I agree oh, with.
2: Nobody can escape it. But
1: yes, it has affected you one way or the other. Yeah. Oh it's wait, like, I think I've misunderstood what this means. What is a What's a pick me Oh, pick voice. me! So, pick me is a derogatory term that
2: um, I think is going around like the Tumblr, Twitter, the Reddit sphere. Reddit sphere. Okay. Okay. Um, to describe, like, people use it a lot to describe Olivia Munn because Olivia Al- and Olivia Munn has super problematic, and there is a lot of problematic shit in the book that she wrote. I will never argue with None that. None
0: of which really needs the term "pick me" pick to describe. Me. Though. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. She's like fat phobic, and she says a lot of really terrible things in this. But the idea that she's, you know, like. They're like, oh, because she talks about how she loves pie and then she makes fun of fat people. She's trying to do that to get male approval. She's a pick me girl. She's trying to parlay favor
0: with the dudes. Mm.
2: Yeah. And so pick me refers to somebody who's like, will throw their fellow woman under the bus in order to parlay favor with men. Yeah. Yeah. And gain their, but I mean, again, I think it's a very, anti, I think it's very anti-feminist it's to talk a, about women that yeah. way. It's I think it's really term. problematic.
0: Sorry, I was interrupting
2: you. Oh this no, time. no, we're. I mean, we're like, <laughs> oh we're fucking God. vibing right now. We're, we're like mind <laughs> melding here,
0: and also, like, can I just say, I have never heard somebody use the term "pick me" in all seriousness that I ever wanted to spend more than five minutes with. Mm. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah I agree with you. I'll, it's like this whole like the whole "pick me" dialogue, like it's leaving a bunch of us out of the conversation who were like, "Listen, like when I was growing up in rural Georgia in like the early 2000s, like, and I was really into anime, that was a problem because none. Of these girls at school like wanted to have in-depth conversations about Yu-Gi-Oh! Right. right? No, like, right. I had to work with what was available to me. Like right. I was working with what I had.
2: Like, and that's another yeah. thing. People use like, the term pick me just to describe women who are comfortable and have a lot of male friends. Yeah, like comfortable okay. around men and have a lot of male friends. Yeah. Yes. And that I think is where it gets really, really problematic. Because yeah. I agree with you. I had a lot of male friends growing up. Yeah. But it's just because we were all in band together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. All my friends were band kids band- and they all oh, were dudes. I love that you were a band kid. Oh yeah. I, I like I really see that and I
0: like <laughs> I love that
2: I was I a hella band kid yeah I was a hella band kid what instrument did you play oboe oh, yes I Katie know.
1: yes <laughs> oboe <laughs> Do you is this a real thing that you have to suck the reed for like a while before you start playing yeah or you soak it like I used to have a little shot glass that I would keep on my mic stand and
2: then I or on my music stand and then I'd like pour water in from a water bottle and soak my reed for five minutes before you play
1: it okay I remember reading in this book that uh, it was like a girl it was the series was called girl talk and I remember one of the did you read that yes oh (gasps) nobody knows about this everyone's like babysitter's club sweet valley what about girl talk
0: oh my god no girl
1: talk was like it yes oh my god
0: Girl Talk was the one that you got to when you were done with like the mainstream series like Babysitters yes. Club yes. and um like what else was around at that time did you ever read the dark spinoff series from the babysitter's club i think it was called like california dreams or something and it was like after oh. yeah oh my god you can still find them on amazon they're like it's out of print but i highly recommend it because like the babysitter's club people like they grow up and they do drugs and they go out and they like it it's alluded that one day they will have sex like
2: <laughs> <laughs> did you read these growing up i
0: did okay I did. do and you feel mm-hmm. like this influenced
2: you at all oh i'm sure yeah i right? am sure I yeah i feel so so much of your comedy in this yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's very oh adult
2: the themes but applied to like you know yeah. you make fun of the cw and
1: like you have that yeah. oh, my yeah. god, oh my god the cw but, but you don't like cross that line to like what some would consider crude like no. it's always like the hint in it like the the like the desire the want the like romantic yeah, the romanticization yeah. romanticization I,
0: I, I try to keep the crudeness even grounded in like something that like a character actually wants i i say the word titties a lot on yeah, my videos yes. which yeah. is so 2Ds. funny because i hated that word growing up i hated the really? word titties. yeah i was just like i know people use the word titties i don't like it but like <laughs> <laughs> which i don't know but now that i'm older i just think it's one of the funniest words Ever. And so anytime I have an opportunity for Candace to say the word titties, I I, I, I snatch it. I take it. I take it and I run. <laughs> she does. She says the word titties
2: a whole lot. She surf the titty yeah. wave. I do. I love the word titties, but like now I think as an adult, now that I have like more of a sense of humor yeah. about like my own body,
1: I guess. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Okay. So let's go back. Uh, so you're in high school. You're hanging out with a bunch of dudes because you're like into Yu-Gi-Oh and people are like, eh, you're a pick me or whatever. Like, well, not back then because that, that, that term wasn't around back then, but, but it like it's a
0: very 2020 thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. But it was just like, but girls did think it was weird. Um. Uh, and were they jealous? No. Oh, okay. oh no, because the, the guys I was hanging out with, like,
1: <laughs> right. They're like, they're like nerds. <laughs> yeah,
0: girl, I was, again, I was working with what was available. Um, <laughs> I was working with what was accessible. Kids today who like anime, they have no idea how, how like good they have it. Oh my gosh, there's no so idea. much good anime. There's out so there. much good anime. There are stores that sell like merch, like, it's really yes. popular.
2: Yeah. It's super yes. popular. I watch it. I mean, I didn't watch it growing up um but then lauren watches it mm-hmm. and so he's like gotten me on it and i like oh yeah i'm very we watched um, full metal alchemist and i was like sold <gasps> yeah i was like this is amazing the yeah. storytelling in full metal alchemist is top notch it's really amazing yeah. i was like stunned like the first episode i was like you know i need like a breather
0: though i need to like absorb what i yeah. just watched <laughs> i i went to a women's college and the girls at brunau were like Obsessed with Full Metal Alchemist. Whoa. And yeah, that was like my first taste of like people that I saw as like, like non weirdos or like regular people. I was like, wait, regular people like anime? What? Oh. Wow.
1: <laughs> and I, I remember
0: being very comforted by that fact.
1: What, what made you decide to go to a, 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 a women's college? So
0: I spent my first year in a music conservatory. Oh. Um, so I went to the music program at Georgia State, which was a conservatory style program. And I did opera. Um, and I had to, I had to leave Georgia state. I got into a very, very abusive relationship with somebody in the school, like who like worked for the school. (gasps) Oh my God. So, um, that person had access to my transcripts. They had access to my schedule. Like all, like it was, my GPA was tanked because I couldn't take time away to study. And like, I didn't want to be there in the first place Um. because I didn't want to pursue opera. My parents wanted me to pursue opera, which is fucking weird weird it's so weird i had like these scholarships to go to schools like boston university and emerson for like drama and stuff and they were like if you leave the state you will not get any help from us
1: and so yeah yep
0: so i went to georgia state and i think part of the reason i got into this whole situation was because this man was a lot older than me and i knew that it would piss my parents off and then before i knew it i was like wrapped up in this awful situation um but I got out of it. I went to community college to oh. try to, you know, get my GPA back up. Mm-hmm. And one of the classes that I took to try to get an easy A was theater appreciation. And the teacher was this guy named Larry Cook, who saw that I was like raising my hand to answer all the questions that nobody else was, you know, gear, gun code answer. And he was like, hey, we're doing the orientation for the Gainesville Theater Alliance tonight. It's a program that we share with the women's college so that they can get the men they need for their productions. So do you want to come to that? You should You should come. You should just come. So I went they played this video of like all of their productions from the previous season. Um, and it was beautiful. Like the Gainesville theater Alliance. So there are two really good theater schools in the Southeast. There's Elon, which is the fancy one. And then there's like uh, the theater program, which is shared with burnout and now um, North Georgia college and state university. So that community college got absorbed into a bigger oh, university. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and that one is great because it's, it's, it's accessible. You can, you can get a top notch theater education without like sacrificing your finances for the next 20 years of your life. That's amazing. Um, And you can, and the the program is amazing because you can do the first two years at the state college and then you can do the next two years or the last year and a half of your training at the private school. So you don't really get the private tuition, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't hit you as hard. Yeah, exactly. And then Bernal is also very generous with their financial aid. I've got to say, um, and you get to do these amazing, like, such professional quality productions, like, Broadway-level productions. Um, and it that was how I ended up at Brunel, was oh, because wow. Larry Cook invited me to a theater orientation from, like, a community college <laughs> class. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, it, it, like, saved my life. Like, I was so fucked up. Um, oh. But, like, that was, you know, like... I'm amazed every day that that happened. I'm amazed. Anyway, it's a testament
2: to like really how. Like teachers who care can really make a difference 100%. in people's lives. Yes. like and I've always believed that, but it's so amazing to hear stories where you're like, "No, this teacher like probably saved my life." Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah.
1: yeah,
2: and I'm so grateful for that because you are such a dynamite performer, and you are like, oh my you God. have such a bright future ahead of <laughs> yes. you. Yes, you know what I mean. Like, I'm just so grateful for that. Oh, so, that's so kind of you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to grab those t-shirts I know. I know. Wait, Let's are you again. emotional? Yeah. bro <laughs> <laughs> love people you know mm-hmm. and like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I, love love love, I love people I oh. mean it's like one of those love hate relationships I'm yeah. sure every comedian actor you know performer I think a lot of people have that with humanity yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: definitely definitely <laughs> yeah right 100 it's a real
2: love hate relationship and when yeah. you love you love so fiercely and when you hate it's
1: like equal <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah, uh, And then when you love and hate at the same time, it's oh. so confusing. Oh, yeah. That's called a toxic relationship. No. Toxic okay. relationship. that's relationship. You're not wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when did you decide to move to L.A.? I
0: decided, to, I think I was like 24 or 25. Mm-hmm. I had just finished a regional production of Rent um, oh my god yeah so I, what were you doing like? i was the swing i sh- honestly like and i'm not afraid to say this years later i should have been maureen mm-hmm. i was really upset because this like straight republican girl got it and i was like no. she- beautiful voice beautiful voice right. absolutely no business playing that part i'm sorry no you would have <laughs> been a fabulous maureen <laughs> yeah. I, I, I i i said no originally they were like do you want to be in the ensemble and i was like no <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I want to be Maureen. And like back then I felt like such a bitch for it. And for years I felt like such a bitch for it. But like lately I'm just like you know what? I think it's fine. I think yeah. I I think I can have that one. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. It was a but regional, like,
0: you know, regional can... production of Rent, right. like whatever. Yeah. But afterward, I was, I just remember being kind of frustrated and I was like, I don't think that I'm really going to go anywhere in the theater scene in Atlanta anywhere quick. Um, and I am going to waste precious time here that I could be putting toward um, doing well in a bigger market mm-hmm. um, because it was not lost on me, especially around that time, and that as a woman, mm-hmm. um, if you don't get started very early, yep. your chances of succeeding in a big way uh, decrease the yes. older you get. If if acting is what you primarily want to do, mm-hmm. um, so I was just like, I if I'm going to do this, I need I need to do it now to get the best chances. So I moved out right after I did a film called VHS in Atlanta, that was the last thing that I did in Georgia. And VHS was like this horror film. It was like a bunch of like little horror short films that were sewn together with this through line. And then it went to festivals. So Mm -hmm. it went to Sundance. So my very first film festival was Sundance film festival. They were very kind to let me tag along because I absolutely did not have a big part in that movie. Um, but it it was really cool. And that was like my first taste of like LA people. And I was like, I can do this. Yeah. So I, I went out a few months after Sundance and, um, had a cra- everything that could have gone wrong went wrong my first year here. Um, if I could do it all over again, I would. I I may even skip college and just if I could just redo it. If I could just go back and redo it, I may even just skip it and come straight out. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. As much as I love college and I think it was a great experience, I just I wish that I had been here sooner to like get all my learning done sooner so that by the time I was like twenty five, I could just like go full speed ahead right because I felt I feel like a lot of my first few years in LA were just spent getting used to LA Mm because I had never been out here before I moved out here like without having Ever visited, oh. and the men, the mentality and the vibe. Like the first time I saw somebody walking around in a crop top, I was like, "What?" <laughs> because, because they hadn't hit the East Coast yet, right? They oh, hadn't, and I yeah. was just like, "Why don't people here wear clothes?" Like, I, I was just like, I was going down to the beach, and people were just like walking around in bathing suits. Which even in the beach towns in Georgia, you don't just walk into the winn Dixie in a bathing suit, like <laughs> right, like, right. So you know. But then I had my first LA summer, and I was like, oh. Oh, okay i get it i get it how yeah. those balls out here yeah. Yeah. I, get yeah. it. I get it um and so yeah i i don't feel like i really got a hang of this city if for like two years yeah it's a weird city it's, it's set yeah. up in a weird way people it attracts all kinds of different personalities and then learning the actual industry is like there's no book. No. There's no textbook. There's... Mm-mm. And college programs absolutely do not prepare you for the industry portion, which in my opinion uh-huh. might be a little bit more important than your actual like acting right. training. It affects your career mm-hmm. yes. more here than anything else. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. When did comedy come into this? Comedy. So I, I always knew that I wanted to do funny stuff. When I was living in Georgia, I had this like... It was such a i had a blog that like i would write funny essays on and it has since been taken down because i i would they were funny but like i was such a bitter like 20 something early (laughs) 20 something i'm just like oh i'm sure i said something in there that has not aged well um or just makes me look like i'm just such an angry like rat person which Mm. i'm trying not to be um it's hard though it's so hard though um but like I would I took that and I made like this like live show kind of thing out of it and I remember being like that was my first taste of like stand-up slash storytelling Mm. and I was like I could I could see myself doing this the problem is I have such like I have appalling like stage fright and I'm not good at crowd work so um when I do live performances I like it to be very rehearsed
1: Mm. I like it
0: to make me laugh first Because if if it doesn't make me laugh, I don't really give a shit. I don't, like, the audience needs to laugh, but I need to laugh first. Okay. Like, if I don't think it's funny, somebody else can do it and they can make it work. Like, um, but doing stand up, I did a little bit of stand up early, I would say, like, 2013, 2014. But it was like, it was just such, like, on. I think it was kind of misogynistic comedy because like we were coming out of that stretch of like the media cycle where a lot of the funniness in news and like you know like the soup like right. all of that stuff it was really like ragging on women mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like people yeah. like Lindsay Lohan and like yeah. Britney Spears yes. and like and I I really internalized a lot of that and I like wrote in that like to fit in into that world and it was just like it was funny to get laughs, but like at the end of the day, I was just like, I don't like the things that I am saying. Yeah, And so um, I stopped doing comedy for a while and I just focused on like sketch and like, like classes at UCB. And I was like, and by that point I, I had realized that I didn't have like a lot of like women friends. Mm. And then in comedy, I was just meeting a lot of men and I was like, oh, I, I need to meet and be around funny women Mm -hmm. and i'm at the age where i have to really like work at that it doesn't just happen naturally (laughs) right yeah Mm -hmm. making friends gets harder as you get older it gets so hard like you hit 24 and it's just like you can't just walk up to somebody and be like let's be friends i know they're just like you're a weirdo but i would conflate the two i would i would conflate comedy with friendships and i would just be like i need Mm -hmm. a community wherever i do comedy and that's what drew me away from stand-up and into like the like the different theater communities. Mm, I think yeah. that's eventually what brought me to the pack. Gotcha. Um,
1: what was it? What was it? <laughs> I was like, I was like hearing people like say good things about the pack. Also, you don't have to say just good things because um, oh, we have to be real. But it's totally fine. Like, I mean, when I came to the pack, it was it was really a
0: safe haven because like. This isn't me poo-pooing on UCB because UCB was a very well-oiled machine and it it did what it did very well, but it was huge. Um, You finding community at UCB was very dependent on the luck of the draw of who you were in classes with. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't happen to get that great group in your class... Which you were in absolutely no control of whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I, I I tried at UCB, but I was just like, ah, this is like this is going to be really hard, and it's so much money, and I didn't really have the confidence in myself to really, mm-hmm. you know, give UCB a good honest try. And so instead of doing that, I I came to the pack because I think Jillian Dunn was like, just try the pack. How did you know Jillian? Jillian uh, is also from Georgia. Oh, so right. she she was in the Atlanta market for a while. So oh. we knew each other from the Atlanta market. Oh. Oh, yeah, oh, that's nice. Yeah, yes. yes. I met Jillian when I was clinically depressed, and um, we became friends pretty much afterward. Like after I was already in LA. Gotcha. Um, and she's she was a very like nice and forgiving person, yeah. and she's she's like very kind. Love yeah. Jillian. So I came to the pack, and um, it was just. It was, it it had that kind of like grunge, like kind of punk rock feel and and it felt really cool. It reminded me of growing up in Athens and people like, you know, it was like, it had kind of like a, kind of a stank to it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I did the, I did a women's comedy show, the, one of the first women of sketch comedy shows and I wasn't on a sketch team yet, but like there were a couple of girls that were like, I need somebody. Everybody else is like so overwhelmed. And so they let me fill in and then i was just like okay this is cool and then i just started doing more and more character bits and like i haven't i hadn't been able to like perform live in such a long time and it feels so good i love performing live i'm good at performing live yes and when i get up and i do it and it feels good i wish i could hold on to like that memory so that i wasn't so fucking scared to do it the next time uh, it's like for me performing live Dude. is like riding that that stupid roller coaster at Disney World like it's fun when I do it When yeah. I'm done with it I'm just like let's ride the coaster again but then if I take even a day And I go back to Disney. I'm just like, I'm scared to ride the Incredicoaster. Like
1: I, and
0: that's like, sometimes that's how live performing is for me. Oh my God. I relate to
1: that so much.
0: (laughs) As much as I love live comedy, what I love about doing digital comedy is that it can be as perfect as you want it to be mm-hmm. you can write it you can punch it up a bit you it's just yeah yeah if you don't like what you did you don't have to put it out can, yeah if you nobody don't like what, what you yeah nobody you don't have to see it you can also take it down assuming people haven't like shared it already right but chances are if you don't like it your audience didn't like it either like and they they don't care they won't take it down
1: yeah exactly you you have the like the business acumen about it which i think is a really um, important part of it and you're open pretty open about you know you don't yeah you you don't make anything mystical about it you're pretty open about it i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna shame
0: anybody for being like hey can i get you a coffee and pick your brain like i'm not i'm not gonna lose my mind over something like that um i'm not at that point yet like if people want help, just ask me. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, but that's if so I, if generous. I, if yeah. I can answer it, I will answer it. That's. If I think. Right. Yeah, yeah. If I can't, or if I don't have the bandwidth, then I'll tell
1: you. I don't uh-huh. know. Well, yeah. we we appreciate you talking to us. <laughs> now we're we're gonna get into a uh, section of the show that we call. These are five things we're gonna. Have a look, cut in. Yeah. Okay.
0: Cool. Cool. What's your biggest influence in comedy? My first big influence in comedy was definitely Conan O'Brien. Oh, yeah. Conan, yes. Conan O'Brien was like the first person that I saw who was like, he's like not like the traditional look of of like successful Hollywood Hollywood person. Um, but he was also fucking weird and he had weird characters on his show. So like, I remember there was like this 10th anniversary DVD special and it just had all of the best Conan moments. And I was like, this man is a wizard he is a wizard and I'm going to watch his show so that was that was like my first like big comedy thing he wrote for the Simpsons yeah too, right. wrote for yeah. the Simpsons Futurama was also a big comedy influence for me mm. um, this that, makes so much sense yeah Futurama I loved Futurama obsessed with Futurama Mad TV was the the sketch comedy show that I really liked growing up as a kid mm. I'm a big fan of like accessible comedy L- listen if, if it's improv it needs to be like cruise ship improv um, <laughs> otherwise it's it's lost on me it's fucking fucking lost on me um <laughs> i can't uh, i appreciate the art that is like cerebral improv but like right. if like jan from minnesota can't get a kick out of it chances are i'm gonna be like what um
2: uh,
0: <laughs> 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 uh, wh- what I, I like i like comedy that's like Uh, I do enjoy broad comedy that you can like fine tune and like nitpick to. But I also, I don't know. I also do like weird comedy too. Like British IT crowd. I remember watching Mm -hmm. that and having my mind blown. Um, And then individual comedic voices right now. Kathleen Madigan is probably my biggest, like my biggest like female comic voice growing up in my head. She's a masterful storyteller. She's great at plans and payoffs. And Mm -hmm. then she's also just so fucking grounded and relatable. Yeah. Yeah, You know, like she's, had a few things, like, that are, like, problematic in her past, but she didn't, like, make a big fucking deal out of it. Like, mm-hmm. she's, like, she's, like, learns from her mistakes, but she's also super chill about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She doesn't, like, double down and piss people off because of, like, shit that was funny in the 80s. Right. right. I know. So... It's okay to make a mistake. You just yeah. have to learn from it. Learn yeah. from it. Yeah. Learn from it and don't be an asshole. Yeah. So, Kathleen Madigan and Allie Wong right yes, now. Yeah. I love Allie Wong and Maria Bamford. She's the best.
2: Um, speaking of best, what would you say has been your worst moment
0: in comedy? Blah. What would you say has been your worst moment in comedy and your best moment in comedy? Worst moment in comedy hands down was probably like the stand up set that I did that I was talking to you about earlier where I was just like it was just like fucking misogynistic bullshit. Oh. It was just like it was fucking stupid yeah. and like I remember I took the stand up comedy class um that I should not have taken because at the time I was again clinically depressed and um uh and I remember the first class the teacher looked at me and she was just like yeah I've seen some of your stand up it's um I've seen it
1: <gasps> not
0: literally like verbatim that's what happened I was and maybe I misinterpreted it but I, that was when I was just like oh I need to take this off of the internet yesterday yeah Yeah. um so I did so that hands down like that was one of my worst experiences ever but another time a teacher probably saved your life (laughs) yep she absolutely did yeah Yeah. (laughs) how
2: about your best experience in comedy um
0: my best experience in comedy um I think my best experience in comedy has really just been like the the confidence that has grown with these videos that are starting to do really well Mm -hmm. yeah um it's you know it's I really enjoyed the growth that I have experienced, especially this past year, learning how to um, generate ideas and bank content and really be okay with making sure that I find it funny first Mm -hmm. and prioritizing my personal amusement Mm -hmm. before I'd really uh, make it and put it out there. And also like, um, like watching other people's videos and 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 just letting myself enjoy them instead of like feeling jealous
1: oh yeah because i which
0: i feel like does tie into best comedic experience because if you let your jealousy like enable your bitterness like you lose your ability to create Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: so like learning how to temper that response in myself which is like just something I have to work. I think I will just have to work on that my whole life. Yeah. Um, It really allows you to like be at peace and flourish and create even more and enjoy the stuff that you create. So I know it's not, it maybe it's kind of a cheat answer because it's not exactly one singular experience. It's more of like a time period that is just, it it's more like this past time period of personal growth for me. And I think as I get to have more experiences because of like the work that I'm doing now, maybe i can revisit you guys later and i'll have a more specific no,
2: experience Actually, that's a really great <laughs> answer you? yeah i mean we'll love to have you back regardless <laughs> but that
1: is a that, i don't think that's a cheat answer no, no. it's not hooray for growth thank you yeah. um now uh number three hype up a friend uh, somebody that you really like the work that they're doing or you know that you you maybe want to see on this podcast sure i have a few people okay great first
0: off lauren flan okay um lauren flan is a comedian that i met when i was uh, a baby doing the intensive at leslie khan which i think you did recently right I did. yeah she has her own podcast called coming out with lauren and nicole mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. fucking amazing but like she is so dry and funny and just like her Twitter is amazing. I love how warm and open she is. Like, I I just I just think that she's so funny. I want a thriving uh, career for her. Ever Maynard, not just saying this because I photographed their show last night. Ever Maynard is literally one of the best crowd work, like off the cuff, like in, the, in the, the, the reality of the moment, whatever is in my brain comes out. And it's like maybe in Ever's brain, it's like a soup. But when they say it, it's like a Michelin star meal. Yeah. They are yeah. so good crowd work amazing and as a person they are just very warm and very Mm -hmm. um like well i've only met them twice um the first time i photographed them was for um the tpt late night with maggie may they mm-hmm. were the guest mm-hmm. um and their show last night was to raise money for the top surgery oh. and they read this incredible story oh my god I've, if you ever have them on the podcast like ask 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 permission because it is a personal story but it was so heartwarming and like oh almost brought tears to my eyes oh. so ability to bring you to tears and the ability to like make you laugh your ass off ever Maynard. What is something that you
2: have not yet done in your career that you are just like this is this is going to be what I work towards?
0: Um, getting getting a manager that. I love and I work well with that can get me into the rooms that I want to get into it is it has been such a crazy journey (laughs) I had the most amazing manager in 2018 unfortunately her company folded Um, her partner's like family was dealing with an illness they couldn't Uh, they just didn't have enough resources to do both so it's a matter of finding the right person at the right time who has the right opening who has the ability to pick up the phone and say hey Sharon Look at my bitch! Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, like
2: yeah. you know, like <laughs> <laughs> you're you're casting for this new HBO show. You're, I've got the perfect. You person. need to see my new
1: bitch. <laughs> <laughs> come on Sharon um,
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> um no not not like that but like somebody who is assertive who has the relationships yeah. and the abilities to make these phone calls right um that is what I want and that is what I will get this you year. will get that you will get that yeah well, this year fingers crossed I'm fucking manifesting that shit I'm
2: manifested
0: hey what a uh, how about some advice do the work in combating jealousy especially if you're an actor Mm -hmm. and like it is so easy to look around you and be like this person's killing it this person's Mm -hmm. killing it Uh, this person's doing like my style or blah 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 and they're killing it and it's just like no they're not they're not like you are internalizing all of your jealousy and you have to if actors okay I'm gonna say it all actors need to (laughs) yes all actors and comedians need to work on this i don't think you're wrong i don't think you're wrong some more than others but everybody needs to do it yeah it's it's, you gotta you gotta temper your jealousies and you've got to encourage your your creativities and how do you do that it's thought work it is literally thought work it is being able to recognize when you're falling into a toxic thinking pattern sit with it and just be like okay this is happening but what do i like about this Mm -hmm. Mm. Let's put some work towards thinking about what made me laugh about this. What can I glean from this? Like, how can this person inspire me? And it it doesn't work the first few times you try to do it. (laughs) And it just makes you even more frustrated. I hate it. It It was awful. It does. But eventually, like, you know, it's like, eventually it does start to hit. And if you're creating alongside that thought work then you get to see the results yeah yeah you know it's like you because you make better shit when you're not pissed off at other people for making their shit and doing well with it yeah you know
1: damn great it's been a pleasure to have you on thank oh you so much God. for coming in today yeah this has been awesome thank you yeah. so much for having me yeah. I, I
0: really it's been so great hanging with you guys where can we um oh so your tiktok is yeah so i across the board now it's hey jasper lewis so Perfect. twitter instagram uh tiktok you can visit my website at jasper-lewis.com that's where you can find me. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks again. Thank you so much Thank again so much for, for having, having me. me. Oh my God. I love it. Where are the tissues.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. We kind of like joked about this before, um, but I'm just going to say this on uh, on on record. Sometimes we have a podcast guest, and I think this happens a lot, a lot with our guests where they'll give advice and it just feels eerie how timely that advice is for either nikki or i or for both of us sometimes and i think this case it's like definitely a both
1: of us yes (laughs) we're we're, we're like oh i really needed to hear this right now from this person yeah also how reassuring is it to know that someone
2: like jasper gets jealous
1: Right, because you're like, you work so hard, you're so talented, and, and you're you fucking jealous. making shit, and you yeah. have so
2: much shit to be proud of, and there are people that you are jealous of. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's like always a really helpful lesson that like, you know, it's not, That feeling isn't because of where you are and because of what's happening to you. And that if something were different, that feeling would go away. That feeling is under your control and it is your responsibility (laughs)
1: to control it. Yes. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because, you know, uh, that bitterness or jealousy, like, who does that really hurt?
2: You, yeah. yeah, you
1: and you don't want to hurt yourself. Like don't hurt yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Right. I'm it's easier said than done, but it takes work. Yeah, bitch. it really does. And honestly, like I've allowed
2: myself to be bitter and outwardly bitter in rooms where I should not have. Right. Um, and, Ditto. you know, that it will stick with you for a while. Like, yeah. you know, it takes people a while to forget about that kind of stuff. So yeah. like, you know, just fucking suck it up <laughs> put on a smile yes um unless of course somebody's asking you to do something horribly demoralizing or whatever like right. that's that's completely different right um but if you're just feelies are a little bit hurt <laughs>
1: right. so this was cool thank you again to jasper and uh if you liked this episode if you liked what you've heard today please feel free to give us a uh you know F- follow us on all the all the things uh leave us a review um now uh spotify is also including a review process so please oh, feel free yes. to do that um we are continuing our raffle please leave us not only just a review of stars but l- give us some feedback in the comments on apple podcasts it would be really really helpful for us we want to hear what you have to say so Thank you for listening and we will also be having our fundraiser uh, that's going to be happening in
2: February and so we will be uh, talking about that each episode, giving you a little bit more details on where you can check that out, how you can support us, and how you can uh, throw us a couple bucks uh, just to support uh, underrepresented voices in podcasting. Whoop whoop. Hey, y'all. Keep crushing crushing it. it. Comedy Girl Crush was created by Nikki Urban, is edited by Kate Siegel, is produced by Kate Siegel, Kenzie Mizell, and the Period Podcast Network. Our music is by Rena Hundert, and our artwork is by Ariel Alter.
1: And that's on Period Network.